Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. All right, crowdfunders. How's everybody doing? Huh? You guys doing all right? You guys raising that capital you need to get your projects going, huh? So, hope you all have had a great week. And guess what? Today is Thanksgiving. Woo, 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 woo. Get that stuffing on, getting that turkey. Maybe you're listening to this on your on your ride to grandma's house. Um, you know, maybe you're going over the over the hills and through the woods. Is that what it is? Something like that. Um, but yeah, so we've got it's here, right? First first big holiday, Thanksgiving, and then Christmas will be here like that, and the presents and all all that amazing stuff. Sorry, I'm just bopping my uh, my windscreen here. So, man, yeah. So, um, let me give you a quick update on what's going on here today. So, let's talk about uh, who's on today's episode on this classic episode, right? This Thanksgiving thankfulness episode. Uh, I had a conversation with with um. Uh, with with Mark, uh, uh, you know I gotta I gotta find his name. He's actually from Gold Golden Bell Studios, um, and uh, uh, so he's got a campaign for a well, it's for a cat, um, and the cat's missing a couple legs. It's Little Bunny Suru, uh, and I had this conversation because back in the day I had a um, I had a cat, little little DJ or little David Janizewski was his name. Shout out. Um, so Mark and I were, were chatting, um, about his campaign and I actually started to think about little DJ and how uh, awesome this cat was I had. And I'm not a cat guy. I'm just gonna let everybody know that right now. I'm not a cat guy. I like dogs, but, um, but this cat would sit up and clap. Yeah. All the time. And he had thumbs and he would literally use those thumbs all the time to, um, destroy stuff, chewing on cables. So he was around the studio. So he's one of the cats at the farmhouse. Uh, but that was a little, de- little DJ. So, so when I talked to Mark uh, Goldner, um, uh, I, you know, I, I wanted to just kind of pick his brain. So this campaign, I'll, I'll give you some stats. It's not a huge one, right? So I think it's like a ten thousand dollar goal, and you know, they, they've they've crushed the goal. They're at eleven thousand dollars. They've already already done that, but uh, they've still got thirty five days to go. So, but what's intriguing on this conversation is when we get into Instagram and the fact that if you search Little Bunny Suru, you will find that they have a huge Instagram following, but that following uh, might not be turning into um, uh, backers. So that was kind of an intriguing thing too. So that conversation is coming up a little bit later, um, but let's go ahead and get into uh, just a little quick updates on me. So uh, my dad's surgery on Monday um, supposedly went all right. Uh, the problem now is that his uh, vitals are all over the place, and he's still in the hospital. So um, we're hoping he actually gets out uh, Wednesday, or I should say today. I, I'm recording this on Wednesday. This will be coming out on Thursday, this episode. Uh, so hopefully he's out when you're hearing this. Uh, but at the moment, not 100% sure. Um, still trying to work and uh, uh, get his uh, sugars and blood pressure and that whole world together. So... Still not out of the woods, except for that the surgery on his heart uh, um, uh, I w- was okay. So, but yeah, so, and then today we got the big day, you know, getting all together. Um, supposedly, uh, all all my family's going to be there. Everybody's coming. So it's going to be a big, big pop, big house today. Uh, excited to, uh, you know, 
eat, watch some football, hang out, you know, try not to fight with anybody, try not to say anything that gets anybody pissed off, because, you know, that's usually what happens, you know, so, um, but I wanted to take some time, I think, you know, just to kind of reflect a little bit, I had a really, you know, I think a, an okay year outside of all the other chaotic things, you know, that's that kind of the global things, but personally, it's been an okay year, uh, and I think I, I just wanted to take a minute to actually, you know, use this time to to be thankful and to actually thank some people, um, you know. Uh, so, kind of to start off, I, I do want to I want to thank my business partner, Sean Neal, Paul Luan. You guys have been awesome this year. Um, uh, did not expect Woodshed Agency to take off quite like it's done, and uh, I think we've got a lot of bright stuff going. We got a product that's going to be coming out here shortly, probably in the next couple weeks. Um, that we're going to be offering and that I think is going to be just revolutionary for, for people who are doing crowdfunding. Um, it's a product that's going to allow you to basically have me hold your hand through the whole process and give you so many tools. It really is um, uh, our strategies and brains all laid out. So that, t- that product's coming. So I want to thank Paul and Sean. You guys have worked hard on that. It's been great. Um, you know, I want to go ahead and thank, um, thank a couple other people. My neighbors, uh, Dwayne and Mitch. Uh, I got to hang out with them last night, but... Uh, on top of, you know, really appreciate, um, you know, what our community is trying to do and my, you know, the dad's club where we, we, we go and we have beers on the first, uh, first Monday or excuse me, first Thursdays of every month, uh, at our local brewery and all the dads that that come there and definitely create that bond and that sort of, um, you know, you're not alone type of vibe. So I want to thank everybody there. Um, I'm so, I'm thankful that you guys are, are in my life and, uh, and uh, get to hang out with you guys. Um, you know, I want to be thankful for, um, you know, uh, people taking care of my dad, right? Getting him through this latest surgery and this latest uh, ordeal. Um, all those people, thankful that we've got a, a good, um, you know, good healthcare system that my dad can get in and, and hopefully get healthy, even though I could bitch about it, you know. Um, you know, thankful for my parents, you know, thankful for my mom, she, uh, how strong she's being through all of this stuff. Uh, you, you know, she, she's been a trooper. Uh, thankful for my sister and the support she, she's brought to the table and, and always being there and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to keep going because I think it's, it's a nice moment to just reflect. And for me, it's, um, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, you know, we don't do it very much, right? And this is the time. This is when you're supposed to do it. So, um, you know, I'm also very thankful for, uh, you know, all, all of our clients. Um, without you guys, you know, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing, right? Um, you know, I, I'm thankful that they've all had trust in us and they, you know, they're listening and we're all working together and and we're growing those relationships to, to get these products out into the world and, and get, get companies started. It really means a lot to me. Um, so I'm thankful for all of them. I'm thankful for everybody that's, you know, listening to the podcast. You know, we've got a great, great support system here that's listening to this. It's awesome. You know, it, I wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't that, that crowd, um, listening and hopefully learning and taking good insight stuff and enjoying the conversations. And, um, I'm thankful for everybody that's joined our Slack channel. We've got a great community there, right? Um, and then let's break down my family. I'm so thankful for my kids. I mean, I'm thankful for the teachers that are working with them and, and you know, helping, helping me shape them to be good adults. Uh, um, you know, I'm thankful for my kids that, you know, that they're healthy, uh, that they're well-behaved, that they're nice. I'm so thankful for my wife, you know, even though we have uh, our ups and downs. Uh, it is good to know that um, I have support 
in all of our adventures. So I'm thankful for that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been an up and down year for the world, but kind of when you stand back on it, you know, you just go, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, I live where I live. Uh, I have the choices I have. Um, uh, you know, I'm able to, you know, uh, kind of make my way and, um, it's great. You know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm reflective today and I hope everybody else out there is doing that too. So if you're, you know, riding in the car and you're sitting with your family, maybe turn around and just say thank, thank, you know, thank them. Um, you know, just whatever that's for just that there's no, doesn't need to be a reason. Just, just a moment of, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, that we're all working on, on this stuff together. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, uh, cause yeah, life's tough sometimes. You know what I mean? Life is tough. So yeah. Okay. So let's take kick to my conversation with Mark. Um, and talk, just have a nice light conversation today about a very cute cat, you know, uh, Bunny Suru and the, you know, I'll give, I don't know if I mentioned this or not. So Bunny Suru is missing her front two legs. So she looks like a T-Rex. Yeah. So I, I suggest go Google her. You'll find her instantly. Check out the campaign. Um, you know, maybe pick up a, uh, a, a T-shirt or a stuffed animal because they're cute. Uh, de- definitely if, if it's something you're into because uh, really great project too. Um, so yeah, so check out this conversation I had with Mark about their Kickstarter campaign and I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. light is on recording in progress the best the one of the best signs of my life i love the red light so uh so i'm sitting here with mark mark why don't you tell my listeners um uh, what your campaign is and what you're funding on kickstarter right now okay so uh my name is mark goldner i'm one of the founders of uh, golden bell studios and right now we have a kickstarter campaign i believe it's our fourth or fifth one so it's not our first rodeo and uh it's called little bunny suru and Pretty much, uh, she's an Instagram famous cat, and we're bringing some different merchandise uh, to her uh, to life. We're, we're doing stuffed animal, we're doing uh, a photo art book, calendar, some just typical cool merchandise. But uh, the stories that we've created uh, that we're going to be debuting uh, with the merchandise are going to be pretty awesome. So I think you should. Uh, you left out the fact that she's not just a normal cat. No, she's not. Um, so, so maybe you should describe. You know, you didn't just. We're making some stuff about a cat. Yeah, it's going yeah. really well. So um, Rue is has kind of jumped to fame. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> because she's a two-legged cat. Um, she was born without her front two legs, um, and pretty much she just just gained this following on, on Instagram that was just crazy. I mean, a lot of news sites started to, to share her. Um, Animal Planet came and, and uh, 
and and did a, a whole segment on her. I'm here also with my uh, one of my partners, Rachel Corson, um, and she just chimed in and she was saying that it's pretty much what Rue's become is has been an inspirational message to a lot of people where they they come and they they just see a picture and it just brightens their day and it's something that as a company we really want to get behind because we felt that with a lot of the the cats that are famous and a lot of those products it's very it's become very meme it's become kind of just very cut and dry and everyone knows mm-hmm. what to expect but with Rue we saw something different that was really quite special of the the audience that really cared for her and it was something just really, really delightful just to, to see the messages come in every day um, and just really put a smile on everyone's face. So that's that's really why we're doing it. That's cool. Now, how did Rue get in your life? life? So uh, it's really a funny story, actually. Back uh, about six months ago, um, we had been talking about starting our stuffed animal division um, at, at Golden Bell. And I was tell- I was talking with Rachel and I'm like, you know, if you look at Gund and you look at a lot of these kind of bigger companies, they all have something very similar. They're doing a lot of licensing and using existing properties um, that kind of already had a following. And I was telling Rachel, maybe we should look into doing something like that. So we had wound up contacting a bunch of um, famous pets that we thought would be uh, kind of really on on brand with what we were doing. And Rue had fit that criteria. And when we jumped on the phone with uh, Jackie, who's uh, Rue's owner. We kind of just hit it off right away. She was telling us that her and her husband were talking a, a couple days before we spoke about doing a Rue stuffed animal. And we just said it was pretty much serendipity that we wound up kind of connecting to each other. And really the rest is history. We wound up, Rachel and myself, we wound up going to New Orleans and we kind of uh, got to meet uh, Jackie, Curtis and Rue. And yeah, I mean, the rest is really history from there. <laughs> Well, that's a uh, that's interesting. I was was wondering if it was like somebody like a cat you got at the you know, Humane Society or something like that, but but no, it wasn't that, huh? No, 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 it wasn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Jackie had gotten uh, Rue from a, a local animal shelter in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Someone so someone gave her up because they because Rue couldn't bury. Her, uh, her poop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah terrible. Didn't think about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, crazy, but yeah, I mean, um, what was the the shelter that had uh, saved you? Yeah, look that up and we can kind of just mention them because they've done great things. Uh, so, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so so earlier when we were kind of off, off recording, you, you asked me, well, why did I reach out? So, I had a slightly famous cat at one point. Really? Um, this is around 2004-ish. I got a cat right out of high school, and the cat was named Little DJ, and he would sit up on his hind legs and clap, like literally clap. That's I, you know, And he would do that for hours. Why do I feel like I've seen that cat before? Because I think he was out on the internet for a little while. We were trying to get him on like Letterman's um, stupid... Uh, it stupid human tricks or stupid pet tricks? Yeah, remember remember that you know? Yeah. So yeah. we were like desperately trying to get him on there because the cat w- and he had thumbs, so he he would just he would hold pencils and eat them. He would just sit up and then clap whenever he was happy about something. I mean, he was, and he lived a long time, you know. So I'm gonna, I, you know. So I, I was like, 
everybody likes a good cat story once in a while, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely unusual also, I think, for Kickstarter. Oh, it totally is. When I also saw that too, I was like, you don't see very many, you know, you you know, you do, you do see some of them pop up, but they're so cheesy. You're like, oh my God, that's not going to fun. But this yeah. had this great story and like, you know, vibe to it. And, and, you know, just, and I, I love the, the stuffed animals, the way they look. And, and, it, and it has that sort of inspirational story, I think, behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so, so how are you going, like, what is the story that you're telling when you're out um, you know, like if you were sitting at a bar, how would you describe this to somebody? Okay, so kind of what we've been doing to to not spoil too much because uh, we haven't released the story, but pretty much what we're doing with Rue is uh, we came up with a, a comic. Um, it's called Rue on Two, and that comic is going to be debuting on Rue's Instagram um, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Rachel here um, can kind of tell you a little bit about the the art inspiration. Um, and kind of how we came up with it initially. Um, hold on, here's Rachel for, for the first time. Yeah, pa- got to pass the mic. Yeah, we're passing the computer <laughs> on the, the table. <laughs> nice, nice. So it's going to be just really short standalone comics to start. Um, they're all going to be fit for that Instagram square size. And each one is, it's either going to be just a really cute short story with like Rue, uh, snuggling up with her her cat uh, with her bunnies that Jackie has also two bunnies and two other cats along with Rue so probably just having Rue playing with them and other comics where Rue's a T-Rex because there's a bunch of pictures on Rue's Instagram where um they 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 lip sync to Rue to the Jurassic Park dinosaur like roaring it's it's really funny so we want to do a short comic on that and also ones where we're showing that Rue can kind of overcome anything and do anything even if she only has her back two legs so it's kind of a mix of fun and mix of inspiration for all the different stories that's awesome is there any sort of plan to you know maybe work with like children with disabilities or anything like that because I feel like that would be just such a great tie-in yeah so what I guess I I can kind of talk talk about that very briefly so one thing that we're going to be um debuting um is we're gonna be i i can't say this uh i guess this is not for the kickstarter i have to make that as a preface but we're gonna be Mm -hmm. doing some work that is not for profit um but i know kickstarter's rules so nothing from the kickstarter will be not for profit because that has to be all for profit Mm -hmm. um but we're we have a lot of plans of what we want to be doing life after kickstarter um and that does include uh, not only pets, but people with disabilities too, because we've we've noticed that a lot of people have that that have had any disabilities themselves have looked at Rue as an inspirational um, kind of figure, and that's something that we feel is going to be really important. Can do really so much good because look, there, there's a time and place for I always say for laughter and jokes, but to have someone like Rue be an inspirational, uh, an inspiration that they can look up to on a daily basis is something that we feel is very, very important. It's something that's missing. That's cool. So let's talk a little bit. What, what's your background? So my background is um, I actually started uh, in business and film. Uh, I studied business and film in school, and I had taken then a couple of years off, uh, <laughs> and I wound up uh, 
in uh, water purification. I, I was working with the United Nations. Um, I wasn't expecting that one. No, it's uh, a <laughs> this is a right really, turn. Yeah, it's uh, one of my first college roommates. He kind of approached me, and uh, we had started this water purification company together um, with a bunch of other people. We had presented at United Nations Water Day, and that was something that I had just a a weird specific knowledge of. I knew a lot about South African trades and routes. Um, in different parts of Africa and South Africa. Um, so I was helping out and then I had uh, I had met Rachel shortly after back in, this was like five, five and a half, six years ago. And she's like, Mark, you should go back to school. So I wound up uh, going back to school and I transferred Rachel to Ohio State uh, University, the Ohio State. Um, uh, and yeah. we got a couple more weeks here. I'm in I'm in Detroit, so I grew up in Ann Arbor. Um, yeah, couple more, couple more weeks. Couple more, couple more. Um, I I wound up uh, going to school, and I I technically got a degree in business and film, but my focus was actually I was approved for doing research as an undergrad. So I had focused on the research of technology and how technology and entertainment are intertwined. Um, so that was kind of a big basis for starting the company with Rachel and one of uh, my best friends from college, uh, Robert Gross. Um, so my background kind of is a bit varied. I, I had always wanted to, from a very young age, be involved in the entertainment industry. Um, I've, I wanted to write and direct film and when we when we started this company, we saw an avenue of telling stories in a different medium because we can't make hundred million dollar films, but we can mm-hmm. tell stories still through books that will cost a fraction of that. And then we kind of fell upon some of these other things that start to fall into place of how to grow a company, not just a publishing company or a film company, but growing an entertainment brand. Um, and we've taken a lot of really inspirational from from a business standpoint from a lot of the the technology and biotech companies a lot of the classical entertainment companies of how they started and a lot of the modern um entertainment companies as well so that's a little bit about my background but i'll pass on to rachel's because hers is quite different than mine (laughs) um mine's not as interesting as that (laughs) sure it is don't lie (laughs) tell the truth i've been drawing since i guess fourth grade or so so that, and I just continued that through my entire life. So it was an obvious track for me to keep doing that through college also. So I started off in graphic design. I ended up hating that. And I switched over to animation. And then I did a double major in, in business. So it was a completely different avenue at that point. But I still had the opportunity to, to keep drawing and keep creating things. So combining the two together ended up working out really well for us in the in the end. So, yeah, it's not That's as cool. interesting, well, but it's still, uh, it's still fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> she doesn't really well, well, say. <laughs> where, where did you grow up? Oh, both of us grew up in Long Island, New York. Oh, both of you guys, both of you guys are from Long Island. We yeah. went to high school together, actually. Oh, all right, all right. Ah, the 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 story's coming together a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Rachel, um, she really keeps everything grounded. I mean, she she looks at everything from. Uh, a sense of realism. <laughs> yeah, she she really does like being an artist. It, it's the the business degree I think really helped ground a lot of the aspects. From look, we we butt heads all the time. Um, that's just what's going to happen. Um, 
between all three of us, but we always say this is what we signed up for. No one should agree and be a yes man for everything, every project that's being done. Um, so I think at the end of the day, we're always we're always really happy with kind of the the outcome of of where right. we go. Um, all projects were like, well, should, should we do this? Well, what's what's the what's the potential and things like that. So it's really interesting to kind of break down each each individual. What what did uh, all your parents do? Our like, parents. Yeah. Okay. What's your what you guys what your guys parents do? So Rachel, you wanna? Um, my dad's a doctor. Um, okay. make a joke that he puts people to sleep. He's an anesthesiologist. <laughs> right. He's the same man. That's the joke. <laughs> Um, and then my mom, she, she actually, she worked in the trade centers back in the day. Um, but then when she had me and my brother, she ended up being a stay at home mom, um, and raising us. So I'm I'm glad that ended up happening because that, (laughs) it's crazy, but yeah, our, our family is supporting what we're doing too, which is really nice. Yeah. Our parents are very supportive of it. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs like they kind of sometimes shy away from from family but really getting family behind the idea and sometimes it's very tough because it's like whoa this is crazy um it's a crazy thing of what we're doing trying to build really starting from like the ground yeah starting from the ground up from an entertainment perspective the industry is so so huge so diverse and so competitive um but with with my parents a little bit of a flip side um than than rachel's uh parents my my dad um He's been in business for about 30 years. He's an entrepreneur himself. Um, he had started um, a bunch of different companies uh, from import, manufacturing, um, trade and logistics. Uh, and he's done a lot of licensing uh, with some, some brands that I'm sure like a lot of people would know um, mm-hmm. which in travel. Um, and my mom and my dad had uh, been working in real estate as well since uh before i was born actually and they had been developing a lot of commercial real estate for hospitals um and now when i was born similar story with with rachel my mom kind of steered more towards uh stay at home and kind of helping my dad on the kind of financial side of management um but not going in every day like they used to well, Mark, it sounds like you kind of know where your entrepreneur background came from. Rachel, where do you think yours came from? That say, sort of say, that drive, because you know that that urge in the belly to just break the laws and do your own thing. Um, I I think like a year or two before I graduated, I was applying to a lot of different studios. Like all my favorite studios, Disney. Uh, I'm sure there were several other animation studios, previous studios. And you, you never really hear back from them. You need the top of the notch portfolio. You need everything to be aligned perfectly to get a job there. And I think just having that constant rejection from them kind of inspired me to do my own thing since it, it's so hard to get in. I mean, this is just as hard, if not harder. But right. um, hard. <laughs> but hard. I think that's what kind of motivated me to, to start something myself. So how long has this project taken to get this campaign launched you know the, the the initial idea you know what's the time frame look like so with Rue specifically um it's been kind of in fruition since august july okay J- july august um and with 
Golden Bell itself, we've been doing this for now roughly two and a half, three years from initial concept back summer of yeah, summer 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so about two and a half years. Um, <laughs> so it's it's come a long way from what it was before. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, I think my aspect from an entertainment standpoint of why we would want to start something like this because people are like, why, why would you do this? This is such a huge undertaking. Uh, because trying to break into not only books or social stuffed animals and, and film and animation and uh, games, it's you have to have really a motivation to do it. And I just felt that there was so much content that was lacking really in every industry where you could pick something up and what is this? Why, why is it on the shelf? How did mm-hmm. it get here? I felt that the, the industry as a whole uh, was moving towards a lot of committee stuff, uh, doing a lot of reboots and just using existing properties from 50 years ago to try yep. and monetize them. And I felt that when I was growing up, I remembered that there was so much original content that was relevant to my time, that was relevant to me growing up. Um, I can look back at like the early Nicktoons of the 90s um, and it, it, there was a statement about that, that day and era. Um, but today you can look at something and you can be like, that story doesn't really apply to me anymore. So I, right. I kind of think about it from if I was a kid, what, what I would want to see. And it's I, I didn't want to personally, I don't think any of us did, uh, where we wanted to spend 30 years working up a near invisible ladder to maybe get a couple TV shows made or maybe a movie greenlit. Um, so we wanted to, to kind of just do what we can and, and try to bring a lot of people on for the ride, along for the ride and, and do it together because you, you would be bogged down if you're doing this alone. And that's right. why I think working with so many creators like we do, it really keeps our, our feet in, buried in the sand really we're not going anywhere. We just keep doing it heads down and just do what we need to do. That's cool. So, so this campaign specifically, was there any sort of major roadblock that you guys had to pivot on or, you know, just, we can't do this. This isn't going to happen, you know, or any moment like that. Um, I think the main thing was with the stuffed animal design. Mm -hmm. I think we went, we did maybe like 15 different revisions of the stuffed animal before Mm -hmm. we were satisfied with the final product. I think we wanted like those beady eyes. What are they like? Glass eyes. I don't even yep. know what they're called. Where they're like hard eyes, and every time we did a rendition of that, it looked really creepy, and we're like, "This is not working out." <laughs> mm-hmm. So we we went back in and, and changed a bunch of things with it, and I think that was really the only thing. That was a roadblock. We were yeah. Rachel. She was like a bit panicky because we it's hard to make stuffed animals <laughs> well no we didn't have the final pro- we didn't have that proto- prototype till oh, like till a couple like a days couple. before the campaign yeah and oh really yeah we didn't know we were like what are we gonna do are we still yeah, gonna launch it because I don't wanna it? put up something that people aren't gonna actually get so right yeah. right and I was saying well Rachel it's National Cat Day like we should do it on National Cat Day <laughs> um <laughs> yeah if that contributed to the early sales We'll never know. Um, we kept a pretty good track of where the sales came from. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, as far as any other pivots, well, you know, one of my old professors back at OSU would would hit me if I didn't say this, but he uh, 
he was a head of entrepreneurship at, at the school, and he always said, Mark, I never want to hear you say the word pivot. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's really funny because when you talk about that, I think that's become a very big word in entrepreneurship uh, about pivoting. And kind of what, what he had taught me, which I always like to, to kind of share that, is it's about change and it's about evolution, how you don't necessarily have to pivot, but you can adapt to a situation. And mm-hmm. I think what entrepreneurship has kind of become, because it's always about sh- uh, focusing on the short term and not really looking at the long term, is that if something's not working today, just change. Right. Um, and what I had learned is don't just change right away. Try to s- let it play out. Let's see what actually happens. Um, and I don't really think we've had any situations with Ruth specifically, like with some of our other projects, like the Sunday Comics, we had that issue with the big book. We had a big book. Of, well, that, we had to change that. Yeah, we had 300 creators in one of our projects, uh, artists, and we had this big book envisioned, but just it wasn't economically feasible. So right. after testing it out, we ran the Kickstarter, we raised like, I think, 28000 28, but it failed, but we wound up relaunching it with just newspaper version and mm. not uh, hardcover. And we still wound up raising, um, I think, about seventeen five, which was still pretty good. Um, I don't yeah. think there's been too much. I don't think there's really been any problems with Lou. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I can't. Yeah. So, so kind of a follow up to that is, what's been like that monumental moment where you just were like sitting back, just giddy. I got to imagine it has maybe something around the press. I mean, you're getting a ton of press. You know, what's what's been that like just heart heartwarming moment? I have to think about this, Rachel. What do you think? It's just tough. Any like moment in regards to the campaign? No, just in general. You mean right? Yeah, yeah. Since you started this idea, I think just the messages. Like, I didn't realize how many people really sit there. And really relate so much to to Rue. Like it just a lot of people message all the time saying like, "Thank you for posting this. This made my day brighter." And uh, like I want to give you a dub hug or something. Like all, all the messages are really kind of what motivate me for for this project. That's cool. How about overall though? Or what do you think overall? What's been like the most exciting moment? I think he's asking like for for just Golden Dub, just in general. Oh, I think the people post was... I freaked out about that. Oh, <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, so oh. Rachel likes the PR. She likes the... Yeah, it's I got so cool. imagine. I, I'm a, I, I do PR. I would be giddy with this PR. Oh, that's so funny. I, I don't think that's really... That was mine. I freaked out. That was cool. I, it is cool. No, don't get me wrong. It is cool to to kind of see that... Um, kind of like established me as I think you'll most. freak out when you actually see everything in person, like... Yeah, I and think there and in your face. I think that's when you'll freak out. Yeah, I, I think that's what it, for me. Like I can just use today. Like um, we have a project, the Valued Mansion, um, which is uh, one of our uh, novels that we're making in a two D animated, hand drawn uh, film for. And as soon as we I, see things coming in, we freak out. <laughs> well, no. What I was gonna say is when I watched that the the trailer, the first animatic with the music. I like cried. I was like, oh my God, we're doing it. Like we're making something that we're making a hand-drawn animated film. This hasn't been done since the nineties. And when I saw the first five minutes, cause Rachel and myself, we directed it, but she put it together, um, the animatic. And I was like, holy moly. And then just today, really, um, I got the, 
the sample, the prototype for Dennis, the uh, another stuffed uh, animal for uh, for Valiard. And I was like, I was just smiling. I was like, wow. Like, I cool. just remembered the process uh, working with Azel um, and the, the author and the uh, creator of Valiard and Rachel. I'm just doing these these changes, and I was like, it's actually here in my hands. I'm like, I was just smiling. I took a picture. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, that's cool. cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they'll uh, definitely freak out more when they all come in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was talking about that with uh, Eric, uh, one of our, our flagship creators, Eric Craddock. Um, I was just saying, like, I, I just, I, I love working with a lot of the people that we work with. Like, I'm a fan of some of the the, the creators that we work with. So it's so, it's so interesting, uh, kind of from that aspect. Like, I was talking with Eric uh, right before we had uh, done this interview, and he's like, it's been such, like, a pleasure working uh with you and I was like thank you but I told him like I'm a fan <laughs> like and I think that's just like it's probably different from working with like a lot of like either publishers or distributors or directors whatever it may be that's cool so let, let's flip a little bit into let's get to some technical stuff let's talk about the Kickstarter campaign and I think I want to first start off with how many Instagram followers have you guys created for Rue Okay, so since we came on board, roughly 100, the uh, account has grown roughly 100,000 since we wow. came on board. And how many total does, does, does uh, Rue already right have? Right now, the total is 440,000. I think since the Kickstarter, it's been 15,000. Since the Kickstarter, wow. 15, no, but since we kind of started working. Oh, I thought with, he meant since the Kickstarter. Mm, oh, no, oh. so since we came on board, I think uh, Jackie had grown the account from roughly zero to... Three hundred thousand. Yeah, I think we came wow. on roughly around there. I forgot the exact number. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just um, huge numbers. Just, We're talking, you know, yeah, gaudy numbers. Huge, right huge, crazy <laughs> numbers. I mean, what, you, know, what was there a, you know, was there a? Have you seen Instagram re- like really transferring into backers? Like, like is that the is that the the funnel? Um. Okay. Not uh, necessarily. Um. I think. It, I think a lot of the people that follow. Rue aren't necessarily thinking I'm going to go purchase this. It's more so like an um, inspirational type of message. That's so I think a lot of the people that comment and saying they they love the stuff down whatever, I would message them and ask them if they saw the Kickstarter and if they had any questions about anything. So I think that's where a majority of the sales came from. I think a lot of it came from directly interacting with yeah. people that expressed that they liked what they were seeing. Not so much like just I don't want to like spam people that may not sure, be interested sure. in buying something. So I, I, we really make sure to see if if people are engaging with the stuffed animal or the T-shirt or something. That then we approach them about it right. and ask them. Well, I, I I was asking this question just because uh, the a campaign I finished up a, a month ago. I just we had a great Instagram account, just great content. It interacted and it equaled like four hundred bucks out of one hundred twenty thousand dollars for a documentary. And I was like, what? Like it should, Instagram just wasn't equaling backers, you know. Like it, it was like people were engaged, but they weren't I, going to Kickstarter. I think, it's uh, hard because there's no clickable links to, right. and I think well, yeah. I think with Instagram it's more of a visual thing I as opposed to like that, yeah. reading the, the the text below the picture. So, mm-hmm. I it's it's a different it's a different world than let's let's say you're doing like a Facebook ad or something. I think they're, oh, they're sure. two totally different. Yeah, I think that 
going off what Rachel said, uh, Instagram is a purely visual medium. People are not there to purchase things. Um, and I think it speaks a lot for our culture kind of as a whole of where we're moving to about the scroll and click, scroll and click, um, clicking like. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's happened is you can get an account like Rue that has 440,000 and make nothing or relatively nothing. Right, right. Um, and you can have an account that has 2000 and they're making millions of dollars. Or an account that has nothing and doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't even exist. Right. Pepsi has nine, shout out to Pepsi. <laughs> they, they get nine likes on Facebook, on some of yeah. their Facebook posts. So yeah. I think this is very reflective of, of our culture and how we're moving towards a personalized advertising uh, segmented model where you know who's purchasing, you know who mm -hmm. are online buyers. And I think that's advertising, if it hasn't already, will take over relatively completely in everything from from crowdfunding to to just sales on the right. internet. So what was the overall strategy before you launched? Uh, did you guys have put together a marketing strategy? Um, the overall strategy was we... Uh, we had announced it roughly a week before. Uh, we decided that we didn't want to do a lot of pre-marketing for a bunch of reasons. We wanted to see what the what it would translate to without major pre-marketing. We had a small email list um, for Rue, um, and we, we had our, our Golden Bell email list as well. And a lot of the strategy was, going back to what Rachel said again, it was direct marketing. We posted a couple pictures. People liked it. We messaged people. Um, that liked it, let them know that Kickstarter existed. We we had some ads running um, on Facebook, uh, targeted ads, and and so we reached out to some news places. Yeah, we reached out to some news. Yeah, we mm -hmm. we put together a media kit. Um, very nice media kit, actually. If I do say so myself, <laughs> it was. I'll send it to you. I love it. Like <laughs> yeah. Rob, Rob, you did a great job putting together that media kit. Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> It's it looks really great. Uh, Rob did a really great job, kind of pulling through and doing that super quick. Um, and we had sent that out. But I think the reality is, a lot of people don't want to cover a Kickstarter. Um, yeah. And I think as soon as you're like, oh, this is for money. Just today, I got an email. Someone uh, from a lot of the viral news pages. Uh, they have like five viral pages, and uh, I'm not going to say who, but they're like, can we post your content because our like. If we give them content, that feeds their subscribers and then mm -hmm. they can make ad dollars on it. As soon as I asked them, I said, sure, you can post as many as you want. We would just ask that you post once the Kickstarter. They're like, no, we can't do that. Right. Yep. As soon as there is a mention of a monetary exchange, and it's, again, very telling of our culture and it's probably very disturbing if you look at it where we're moving to, where, where we're looking at when People look at something that you have to purchase, it's bad. Um, and I think that's something that's not, we're not on the right track there. Because we should be looking at projects and being, that's something that's cool. Like, let's cover something that's, that's cool and different or has some benefit. But as soon as that word is mentioned, that's it. It's just crazy. So, so you guys have ran, correct me if I'm wrong, would you say Four to five campaigns? Let's see. We ran Sunday Comics. We ran Love of Bingo Lancer. Um, 
Marshmallows, extra spooky, heebie jeebie, creepy Halloween. Um, what <laughs> else? Uh, Crawdad King. Uh, Rue. Um, oh, you're mixing in Indiegogo? Mm-hmm. No, was it eight or so? Is it? I don't know. So you've ran a few. Yeah, a few. Right. <laughs> so, so have you, what is a common theme that maybe you've seen between all of these? And maybe what's the difference? Like, what's what's the landscape looking like? from one to another oh i think i think i figured it out this is my joke i figured it out um i think what it is is it's solely based on an installed fan base the rabid fans like your your ultra supporters where we looked at some of the books they all are super high quality for example um but it really has to do with the installed audience that's i think that that's the key to to Kickstarter. It's about uh, getting your influencers, getting people to share it. Um, I totally disagree. And Rachel disagrees. <laughs> so hey, that's uh, good. she can give you her input. Uh, but that's that's from my perspective what I see. I think that works to a certain extent, but I also think mainstream news, a lot of ad dollars. I, sure. I, I mean, I, I guess a mix of both like, would make sense, but I think a lot of the super successful, like millions of dollars of those Kickstarters, I think had mainstream, mm-hmm. constant mainstream coverage. So this is something that Rachel and I go back and forth on. I don't believe the early adopter model is true on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. I believe it's called the early follower model, where I think the first 48 hours, the reason they're important has absolutely nothing to do with the algorithm that they say, oh, you can get to the top of Kickstarter. I don't buy it. My theory is, and you can take it or leave it, listeners, whoever, my theory is that the first 48 hours are important for your super fans. The people that will jump on board, those are the early adopters because they already know your brand. The people that come after are the early followers. And me and Rachel kind of go back and forth, and this was the the pretty much basis for my research in, in school when I was uh, studying uh, technology funding, that the traditional model is there's early adopters, then there's um, pretty much, there's the major- the late majority, the early majority, um, and then the late majority, uh, then there's that chart? The, the, the chart, the, the standard chart that they teach in entrepreneurship. But I think that chart doesn't talk about early followers. And I think the people on Kickstarter and Indiegogo are early followers, not early adopters. That's my hmm. theory. Interesting. You ever see the um, the dancing guy on YouTube that teaches yes. you about business? Yes. I feel like yes. We won. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that sums up Kickstarter at its finest. Usually when I send that to somebody, like you really number one, you, you gotta have a crazy idea that's good, right? You know? And then you gotta yeah. get a couple people to Hey, I, I think that's in, you know? And then a few yeah. more and a few more and a few more and all of a sudden there's momentum. Everybody thinks it's cool. Everyone thinks it's cool. So, like, people look at Exploding Kittens, and I always have to talk about this because it's so relevant to to any any business model. People are like, oh, it's Exploding Kittens. You have to look at the data. Exploding Kittens was shared on CNET day one because hmm. Elon Lee had a connection with CNET. Well, that's your assumption. It's, uh, listen, it's my assumption. I believe that he was a chief guy at Microsoft. He had a lot of connections. But it goes back to Rachel's theory about mainstream media. And I will guarantee 
that if you look at their early, early charts, it came from CNET. I will almost guarantee it. That's my, that's my theory, but of course they'll never release that information. So, you, you know, so you've got a campaign that's funded, and you've got 43 days to go. What's the landscape like, and what are you guys doing for the next, what's that, five weeks? How many weeks is that? I guess I can, yes. I can announce it here. We haven't told anyone, actually. Um, so we actually are bringing on an ad agency. Um, okay. Some of you might know, uh, Funded Today. Okay. I don't know. Have you ever heard of them? I have, yes. I have. yes. So any views? And what do you think about Funded Today? Really? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> it's a healthy amount of money um, to run some Facebook ads. So, and so, if, uh, please, and please. I've, no, I've just, I, I do uh, crowdfunding coaching each week. So I take on calls for people. And one of my biggest conversations around is funded today where, you know, they'll drop you if your ads aren't, uh, aren't, aren't clicking. So, yeah. so then what happens? So we've talked about that. Um, well, I made, a lot of stretch goal stuff, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah, you can talk about that, then I'll get back into that. Please. So if you uh, if you go to the Kickstarter and like scroll to the bottom, there's like a whole bunch of stretch goals things. We were inspired by Exploding Kittens. So it it has like post like 10 pictures of you and your cat uh, celebrating <laughs> Thanksgiving or um, uh, post a picture of you and your cat playing with a laser pointer or something. And I think... Right. We posted one thing on Instagram of post your cat as a superhero. I think that got like 30 pictures. And it, it was a lot of fun to kind of just have that back and forth engagement with other people. So I think we're going to use that as the next step after being yeah, after being funded. That's cool. From a creative standpoint. Yeah, from yeah. a creative standpoint. Yeah, for stretch goals and things like yeah. that. Um, yeah, it really seems like – I would say it seems like you can – you know, really get people engaged by sharing their own content, almost crowdsourcing some content into your into your channel, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what we're planning to do from a creative standpoint. And I guess uh, I've spoken uh, with a, a lot of people because uh, it's it's interesting to talk about ads. It's because these are two different methods, talking mm-hmm. about something like uh, an ad agency um, versus pretty much social uh influence just doing things that people can share now that's very important uh what rachel is talking about is very important it's fun (laughs) yeah i mean like i was like yo uh, i'm like yeah we should do that and then when we when we started uh coming up with some of these like activities i don't know what you call achievements um they're cute they're fun yeah they're cute and fun like uh take a picture with your cat eating at thanksgiving like that's (laughs) it's just cute and fun um but from an ad agency perspective I will I will explain why we're we're doing that because I, I think it's it's important for listeners to hear because I am I've always been a naysayer of paying a lot of these ad agencies um, in previous podcasts so people could be like well, why would you flip flop um, well I looked at it from this perspective I had met a couple people that had made a sizable amount of money with them and mm-hmm. I know that they drop people if uh, the ads aren't successful. Um, but I look at it more as an investment where I've looked at investments that I've made throughout my life, whether it be in the market or something else. And not everything pays off, but some do. So do I think that they know more than me about specific targeting? Possibly. Hmm. But what my 
rationale behind it is they don't only do ads. Is if they do decide to keep the project, they will put the money up front themselves. So right. for us, it's I looked at it as well. Look, I'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Hey, I mean. May as well try it. It was only a conversation after it reached past ten thousand. Yeah, it wasn't like a correct. It wasn't a conversation before then, because otherwise, that's just kind of silly. But sure, yeah, sure. Because one of, I guess, I I don't mind mentioning this. Um, my dad actually, uh, I mentioned earlier. You asked what he did. Um, one of the things that he does uh, is he makes a lot of luggage. Um, and I'm sure you know that a lot of the Kickstarter luggage bags have made millions of dollars. Yep. Um, and He's going to be launching something on Kickstarter. I can't say what, but he'd probably be very interesting to have on if you'd ever want to talk yeah. to, oh, of course. to him. Um, and my brother are very involved with it. They're, they, they have a pretty cool invention that they have coming out. And the us talking with Funded Today actually stirred from me just talking about it with my dad again yeah. Um, yeah. and saying, hey, why not? Let's see what they can do. That's cool. So what does the next year look like for you, the company, Rachel? I mean, what, what, you know, walk me out a year. This time next year, what's going on? Oh, my. Rachel, I know exactly what's happening this time next year. Um, you want to? Wait, the question is. What's going on the next year? Oh, in total? Yeah, um, I guess. Take well, it away. <laughs> um, a lot of fulfillment is happening, I think. Uh, fulfilling about five different books, um, the rest of the Sunday Comics newspapers, uh, the Rue campaign. So a lot of fulfillment. Um, and then we are heavily working on the 2D animation for the Valiant Mansion book. So um, the goal is to have that finished by June and then have a campaign for that as well. So um, that's really the main focus and then also just figuring out our plans for distribution for 2017 2018 for all the books um there's a lot of stuff going yeah, on yeah that's the you got a, a, a few there's a few plates being spinning yeah, yeah. creatively yeah. what are you going to be doing oh god i don't even know what am i doing <laughs> uh a lot of stuff for the trailer um because it it's it's hard to make a 2d animated film on a on this kind of scale with not a lot of people. So I think I have to go in and do a lot of the backgrounds and going to try and help with a lot of the cleanup, um, kind of figure out where a lot of illustrations are going, not just in Valerie, but in all the other books as well. Um, and then drawing a lot of stuff myself, whether it's like storyboards for short films we're trying to make or, uh, for future comics, there's a lot of different stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so I guess Rachel's kind of to-do list we always joke is very different than mine. It's like, are you running the same business? Um, half the time I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm caught up the next week. <laughs> so, kind of what what my uh, objective is for the next year. Um, my goal is uh, one of our games, Movie Buff. Um, we actually are launching that on Thanksgiving week day. Thanks. Okay. I forgot oh, it's in the like day. a week or It's so. in like a week, movie buff. Um, it's pretty much like a movie card game that's like Mad Libs meets Uno and Cards Against Humanity with just using your own knowledge of movies. It's Sweet. awesome. It's a really great game. It's sold really well, and we're coming to Kickstarter with it um, pretty much to do 
uh, a bonus features and an updated uh, pack. Um, and my goal with what, what I'm doing with, with MovieBuff is getting it into a lot of stores because the sales have just been phenomenal. People love the game. The, the, the fan reception has really been it's just been amazing just going to a lot of cons and listening to what people have to say about the game and we have a lot of other games coming out as well so also a lot of licensed yeah we have a lot of licensed uh properties that are going to be unveiled throughout the next year um we had just brought on a uh our new editor-in-chief of our comic division uh michael sakal um great guy he's he's been in there's i always say I know a lot of people in the comic business, but there is no one, and I will stand by this, there is no one that loves comic books more than Michael Sakal. <laughs> um, he was the the best choice that we could have had for, for building a, a comic division around, whether it be licensed products, properties, or um, original, oh, our own stuff or original content. Aside from that, um, I, I really want to take some more time to to start creating again. I mean, uh, Rachel mentioned storyboards. We're going to be storyboarding a, a short film pilot uh, today and tomorrow, right after we hang up. And we're going to be filming it. I'm directing it um, with uh, Rob and uh, one of our other partners, Brennan, um, on geez, on Friday. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of shooting uh, film, not guns. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Hey, listen. Uh, hey, people in film may not, uh, not in film may not know what shooting is. So we're going to be doing a lot of uh, film. I'm going to be getting back to a little bit of a uh, writing. Rob is my writing partner, but I've been focusing a lot more on stories uh, rather than the actual writing component in the past few weeks. Um, other than that, I'll really be working on a lot of the business and the legal stuff, and working to expand the business and bring on new creators. And yeah, get this stuff out there. <laughs> That's a, I think you got to take a deep breath there for a second. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Mark, Rachel, this has been a great conversation. I've been, uh, I've really been encouraged. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just really into hearing about your entrepreneur spirit, how you're creating all these great products. Uh, the 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 little bunny Suru is a great campaign that's funding, and uh, I, I think you're gonna you got 43 days to go, so you're gonna. You're gonna hit some, you know, another home run, right? You're gonna keep That's keep it going. Plan. Thank so, you so much for having us. Well, I mean, no, thank you, man. thank you, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And hey, listen to, to all all the people that say, "Why do you do sixty days?" I believe it's a myth. You can do thirty <laughs> days or sixty days. All that matters is keeping the momentum going. Yeah, it is. All about <laughs> we didn't want to miss holiday going. sales. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. So, all right, great. Well, like I said, thank you so much for taking some time out of your night to uh, to to talk to to me and my listeners. Uh, this is a great conversation. Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening. that conversation with uh, Mark and Rachel. Uh, I appreciate them taking some time out of their night to chat with me uh, and give you guys some insight into how they're running a campaign right now for a um, uh, for a very cute kitty, right? Uh, so hopefully you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Um, I am going to go enjoy some stuffing in the moment um, and uh, maybe eat some leftovers. I don't know. Eat some more 
second order, second second helpings, third helpings. Um, so the song we're listening to is a song called Standing Still. This was on an album called The Sugar Roses Collection. And uh, yeah, so check it out and um, see you all next week. Have a good Thanksgiving. It's Faithful